Thanks, Jeff, for putting me last. <laughs> great, great information from both of our two first speakers. I'm glad to be here this evening, and I hope to share some information, give you some food for thought. I'm going to do something a little different, too. And um, first, I'd like to start out with a quote that Jeff included in some of the information he gave us to work off of initially. And he started out by saying that every person has a gift or talent innately planted in their heart and mind. A charism begins with grace bestowed upon us in cooperation with our gift or talent. Unlike a gift or talent used solely to benefit one's own self, a charism always outwardly directed for the good of the community. So that really helped me focus on what I was going to concentrate on and to clarify a little bit about what is a talent and what is a charism and the difference between the two. So I would like everybody to be involved and think about their own talent. So take about three seconds, five seconds to think about what is it that you feel is your talent. And then follow me as I put you through a couple of uh, exercises. Anyway, gifts do come, gifts come from everywhere. You never know how something from everyday life is going to affect the natural uh, tendencies that you have or the talent that you have. And I think that it can be in everyday experiences, it can be in something very dramatic, something that would be uh, a life-changing experience, but then again it could be something that is built upon, uh, starting out very early in your life. And I would like to let you think about your early experiences. I know in my family, I uh, had a very large family, great parents, a great faith basis, and that has been something that's been very important to me in our whole life. Um, I was very uh, blessed to meet my husband early on. We had four great children. I've learned so much from them and continue to, as well as their spouses and grandchildren. So these are all things that build from years before and on into the future and broaden our gifts. I, I also think that um, different experiences, say early jobs, your early work experience, your ability to do any kind of volunteering. Um, think about that, the, the first jobs that you had and how maybe that talent was small in the beginning but then it expanded from your different experiences and maybe your mentoring. That, is, uh, that, that was a, an excellent point. I would say that um, one of my gifts was to be able to stay home for several years with my children. And we had you know, just a wonderful opportunity to bond with them, to also be involved in the community, and made wonderful friends, had uh, great experiences here at St. Paul of Cross, and to this day, being involved in Guild, and scripture studies, these are gifts that are, you know, I, I am ever thankful for. But again, they not only feed your soul immediately, but they build on whatever gift you have and can share it on in, uh, in your many different experiences. So as far as work, I think that um, that's something that we can all relate to, whether it is uh, um, it's something that you do for pay or something that you do for volunteer. But I, I was lucky enough to be associated with some very good, honest um, organizations. 
and uh, I worked for Xerox for 10 years and learned so much. It was a vibrant time in, in their history. Uh, was able then, over a period of time after I was home with, uh, with my family, then to start looking for something that I could do led me to a wonderful organization in Park Ridge called Abiding Care. And um, that's a home health care company which is providing services uh, to folks. Uh, again, people that are making a difference in somebody's life. Um, I was able to you know, feel that I was making a difference in that organization and learning at the same time. Um, going forward, um, you know, the kids got older. I started to say, okay, what am I going to do when I grow up? And um, I think like many of you, uh, possibly return for some classes and search in different ways to say, where am I supposed to be? And pray about it to lead you to the things that you are supposed to discover, learn about yourself, and then go forward. So um, I did just that, and I searched out quality organizations that I knew of in my work experience and that led me to Presbyterian Homes and I have to say that I did um, you know keep checking their website and their uh, job postings all the time and finally somebody retired and I was lucky enough to get a job as the director of marketing at the moorings of Arlington Heights and uh, when I started there actually of course people wanted to know where did I live? Oh, Park Ridge. And they said, don't you know, this is Park Ridge West. So there were a lot of folks that um, I was uh, becoming acquainted with that had backgrounds, some from St. Paul, some from different uh, church communities in Park Ridge. That has been a real blessing to me. I do love working with older adults, and uh, there's, there's so much wisdom, there's so much that people are willing to share, they're engaged in life, and I think that's the main thing that I, I'd like to impress about working in a senior community. Uh, there is just a, a zest for independence, for continuing their learning, uh, being questioning, uh, keeping friendships alive, and I do really enjoy working with folks and helping them to find the solution to their needs. Now, in our industry, you can um, probably not have to look too far if you say that a, a sales position might expect people to try to uh, coerce somebody at all costs um, because they would like to either uh, fill an apartment or, or sell a house or whatever the case. But that's where aligning yourself with a good organization then really trying to do the best for the individual. And you have to have a sense that you really are listening to what they're saying and trying to help them come up with a conclusion where they will be successful in whatever decision they make for their future. And whether it is living at the moorings, staying in their own home, going to another community, moving out of state, um, it will uncover itself and talking and asking questions and really cultivating um, the person's ability to come to terms with what they're looking for. That, that is key. And you, you rarely find an occasion where somebody will come in and just say, okay, yes, um, I'm here today, I'm going to take that apartment. It, it just doesn't happen that way. You, you really work with folks. It can be 
a couple of years, certainly a few months. And um, the story that I shared with Jeff, and he said, that's it, that's the one, you have to tell that story. Um, it happened with a lady that I had known for about a year. Her and her husband had come to the moorings, and um, I had showed them around, and we had talked about the different opportunities, and they were very interested. But it, usually there's a, a, a lag time between contacts, and it, that was the case in, in this situation. You need to give people time to think and, and um, come to their own decision. But I heard from this woman in the winter, and it was, it was a sad occasion because she told me that her husband had unexpectedly passed away. And um, it wasn't anything that was expected, and so she was, um, you know, very tender, she was in shock. And she also had some other complications, and it really it was an opportunity, but in a way I saw it as a complication because her husband and she had decided before that when they would move, they would leave the house to her, their son. And their son had two children and two dogs, and he was divorced, and so he was there at her house, and he was living there, and it was expected that she would be leaving. And so it was, it was, she was very tender. It was, it was difficult for her. And um, I, I normally, if somebody was widowed that short of a time, would just help them but back away and expect them to have some time to go through a certain period. But she was very needy and um, she was like a woman without a home, in her own home. And um, it was very difficult for her. She was really looking for friendship, looking for companionship, and to have an uncomplicated lifestyle. So she did select an apartment and I did help her through the early stages of um, you know, getting her papers in order, the financial processes, which she had not handled before her husband had, so I assisted her with that. And there were several other little, little things that probably were above what would normally um, be assistance to her because she really needed the help. She needed to be um, uh, supported. And uh, she called me her cheerleader, and today she called me her counselor. And <laughs> but she, she, I have to tell you, um, one day she came over and uh, brought to the office these earrings, and that's what I showed Jeff. And so she just wanted to express her appreciation. But um, she has blossomed between the time when a person puts down a deposit on an apartment and they actually move in. It is several months. So during that time, she really has, um, has blossomed. And um, as a matter of fact, on Friday, she's going to be bringing her daughter that's coming from out of state. And she's excited about showing her the apartment that's almost prepared for her to move in. Uh, she had lunch, and she's brought her son. And she, she has just embraced the idea. And it really will be a wonderful opportunity for her to start a new life and um, really have a, a broadening of experiences while still being close to her son, her grandchildren, but not feeling that she's in their way because there's a, a new wife that's going to be coming in that household too. So 
you know, I really knew this was the right decision for her when she made that, uh, that choice. But, um, so that, that would be my story. And um, I guess what I would like to share as far as value, some of the things that, that I've learned um, about faith influencing my profession, sometimes it's a, most of the time, it's an unconscious decision. I mean, as I was asking you to think back on your early days, we learned, you know, wrong meant from right, right from wrong, how to make a decision. Some of those things are just now ingrained in us as adults. And um, there are times, though, where you are put in a position of trying to decide, well, it's more convenient if I do it this way, but really, is it the best decision for the person? Am I really serving them the best way? And so, so you, you do, you have to you know, stop yourself and, and pray about it too, um, that you are doing the best for the person. Um, one thing that I have found um, very helpful over the years is to actually uh, say a prayer to the Holy Spirit if I have something very difficult to say. Um, whether it would be a, a problem or, or some type of message that I know would not be welcome. Um, but it is amazing if you stop, you know, take that deep breath and say that prayer, uh, you are surprised at the outcome I have been. Another thing um, that I, I have found in, in my work that um, if I pray to be a blessing to somebody, then I find that I do have folks come in that are needy, such as this woman, that there might be something that they're looking for and that I can uncover and that they can find as a value and that they would be happy with. And um, it, it really is uh, a win-win that they're, they're able to move forward and I'm able to feel that I was some part in that. Um, the other piece of advice I would say is to extend yourself. Uh, I, I think if we have the opportunity um, to be um, somewhat help, helpful to someone, but we can't actually match their needs, we still have to go that extra step to provide maybe that booklet of information or that extra phone number, just to feel that you're giving them some value. It's not that um, you know we're, we're going to get anything back in return, but it just gives that person a sense that they weren't left empty-handed. That happens oftentimes um, on phone calls that I would have. If a person obviously was not um, appropriate for what I had to offer, I don't want to disappoint them. So we try to give them something, and it's just good business sense too, to, to have that, uh, that sense that you are able to always offer something of value even if it wouldn't be what they were particularly looking for. So, um, speaking of something extra value, um, I did want to let you know about anybody that might be interested or be faced with some senior um, questions, whether it's related to housing, benefits, any type of home care. Uh, Presbyterian Homes has started a website that has many, many um, uh, sources that are available for people and they also have a team of experts that you can type your particular question in and within 24 hours they will answer you specifically besides giving you many many websites 
and um, I do have a brochure on that. It's not that Presbyterian Homes is, is um, gaining anything by that because mostly it is services that we don't provide, but it's something that they're paying back. Um, working for a nonprofit organization does have its benefits. So, any questions? Sounds like uh, when you're interviewing the people that you do do some counseling, do you have um, some form that you go through asking questions, various uh, aspects of what their needs are? Right. I mean, first of all, we try to uncover maybe what their, their, um, their goals are. You know, is your, your goal to look for um, an apartment within uh, a certain period of time or make a, make a move? Oftentimes, uh, just through discussions, a lot of this is uncovered. The, the reason why they might be looking, why now, why not, you know, in three years? Um, are there some health concerns that are on the horizon? Um, do they have uh, some support that maybe um, they're, they're looking to move closer to adult children? Um, there's many reasons, and, and we do try to be good listeners and really try not to talk and more be receptive to what the people are saying. Body language is very important, and um, we welcome adult children to be involved. Oftentimes, uh, I work in independent living, and most of the time it's the residents themselves that participate, but oftentimes the legwork is done initially by the adult children. And um, yeah, it is, it's, it's very, very interesting. You're talking about things that are very private to people. You're asking questions about their finances, their assets, their income. I mean, a lot of folks aren't even sharing that with, the, with their families. So it's, it's very uh, sensitive, but um, it is, it's great. It's rewarding. I would definitely say that the economy has, a, has, been, um, has an impact in healthcare in general. Um, to your point as far as the families taking more care, I know that has been the case in home care, that often uh, their adult children might have lost jobs, and so that they are now providing some of that care to the, uh, their parent. And in our situation, the, ho the housing, that was something that is really changing things because oftentimes the house is a person's largest asset. And it has decreased in value from what they expected to get maybe five years ago. And um, you know, to some folks, that has made the difference between what their plans are and and um, you know what they they might have been had the situation not happened last year. On the bright side, though, I have to say that houses are selling. We have seen, uh, especially houses that. People listened to their realtor and did the fixes that were not dramatic, but that they were clean, that they were kept up, and that they were realistically priced. And especially in the lower, lower to mid market, those houses are selling, and um, we've we've been very pleased with that, um, and that the residents have been very pleased with that too. And it's also a good hopeful sign. How about, uh, how do the Presbyterians uh, welcome the Catholics into their community? Yeah, great question. Actually, wonderfully. Um, I have to say, it's a very 
um, ecumenical group. Uh, and the Catholics, I think, are the second largest population. Um, it, the Moorings was actually started by um, Luther, Lutheran general, and then Advocate took it over. So there was a large population of uh, Lutherans, and then Catholics, and then Presbyterians. So um, I, I have to say that they, that is another nice thing, working for a religious organization, because people are not afraid to express their sentiments regarding, you know, somebody's having surgery and, you know, I'll, I'll say a prayer for you, or um, they, have, uh, they have spiritual development uh, group that meets every quarter, they visit our other campuses, they have Vespers every um, Sunday evening, they have services for all the holidays. So it's, it's very ecumenical, everybody, the residents take an active part in liturgies and, and that, so it, it's really, um, not a problem at all. Okay, well thank you very much.